The Denver Broncos hopped in a hot tub time machine and took a trip back to 2020 in a 23-7 loss to the Baltimore Ravens at home. They dropped a 3-1 and on the season. What went wrong? Where are things stand right now with the Broncos at quarterback considering an injury to Teddy Bridgewater? Not to mention, where can the team grow from here? Sarah Badger, myself, we break it all down on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by Sarah Benninger, co-host of the show. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On NFL Network and Nine News. And you can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast. not to mention you can watch us on YouTube in video format. So hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on days worth of Broncos news, content, and coverage. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. But Sarah, my friend, no victory Monday here today for us. Obviously a very disappointing loss by the Denver Broncos. And really there was an exciting, I'd say, first quarter here for the Broncos. From that point forward, after that touchdown to Noah Fant, it was just, it was abysmal. It was disappointing. It was lackluster. And it brought us all the way back to 2020 how you doing my man you know cody it's 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 time the streak has come to an end uh you know since since i joined you know the podcast we've been undefeated up until this this game against the ravens so rest in peace to streak number one we start a new streak now going forward but all together all told cody you know my teeth are all still intact you see that there are no knee-jerk reactions over here it's one game uh (laughs) and the broncos are still three and one so hey it's back to the drawing board um, but we got to talk about this loss. We got to figure out how they can get better and what they can do uh, tangibly before they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, well, you know, look, the Broncos came into this matchup and the emphasis was we want to limit Lamar Jackson as a running quarterback. Well, the Broncos did that, but the issue was he got him through the air. And, you know, a little bit of a disappointing performance. A couple of chunk plays downfield. Hollywood Brown beats Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson in coverage for a touchdown. He made a fantastic play, by the way. You know, hats off to the Baltimore Ravens, by the way. There's a lot of Ravens fans in the comment section from one of the previous episodes that we did. Look, it's easy to say, here's what we're going to do to stop Lamar Jackson. Here's what you need to do to stop Lamar Jackson. It's so much harder to do it. And, and look, you know, hats off. A lot of respect to the Ravens. They're a dang good football team. And they out physical the Denver Broncos in every facet on Sunday. And look, the offense was rolling there. They, they were able at the end to get to 100 yards rushing as a team. The Ravens were... But, you know, Lamar really had success through the air, and a lot of that was just due to the fact that you try to do so many things to limit him, you dare him to do that. And and the Broncos, unfortunately, they got bit by it. So some things, obviously, to look at here from the matchup. But, Sarah, you know, the biggest concern I'm going to take away in this loss, obviously 23-7 to at home, Empire Field a mile high, the Broncos' offense, injuries to Teddy Bridgewater, that was one. He took a shot to the helmet late in that second quarter, got a concussion, did not come back. Drew Locke started the second half. And he finished the game at quarterback there. Deontay Spencer gets a, a helmet shot on a potential defenseless receiver play that didn't get called. Just a, an accumulation of things, mistakes. But the biggest thing, the offensive line, Sarah, they had a really rough day here for the Broncos. They did, Cody. And it was coming from all angles. It wasn't just the fact that they were missing Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow in this game. It was coming from everywhere. I mean, Garrett Bowles had 
a really bad game, in my opinion, at least as far as just a couple of plays that really stand out as very bad. A bull rush got him on one play. He got called for a holding on probably Drew Locke's best play of the game that could have kept the Broncos in the game. So, but I'm with you. The big concern right now is Teddy Bridgewater. And we heard after the game, you know, that he's feeling better, but we'll see what that means. you got to go through the NFL's concussion protocol and those type of deals. So obviously a big concern there, but you're right. I mean, th- this was one thing that I talked about before this game was even played is talking about the fact that we don't want to, after the game, be talking about penalties or officiating being a big issue in this game. And and of course, we look back at this and we think, man, what? how different could things have been if they had just called a 15-yard penalty on the Deontay Spencer hit? Because the ripple effect of that was then the next, I believe it was the very next play, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. So it's just it's that kind of domino effect throughout the course of a game. And of course, you talked about the play to Hollywood Brown, the big deep ball that got past Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons in this game. Well, the Broncos had one just before that, of you know, to Albert Okwebunam down the right sideline. That would have been a touchdown had he not let it go through his fingers. So I just there's there's those types of little things that we talked about before this game was played. We're like, hey, don't let this be a thing that we talk about after the game, a drop, a penalty, you know, a a missed opportunity here that costs you a chance. The Broncos just got their momentum killed. They got their momentum killed after that that Marquise Brown touchdown and they didn't recover. Well, the offense, too. I don't know how many times, Sarah, I counted third and long, third and long, like third and seven to third and 15, third and 18. There was even a third and 23 at one point in this game and that was a huge issue for the Broncos because guess what we had talked about it even in the weeks prior third down is still an issue for the Broncos they went three of 14 in third down conversions and most of those third down attempts were at a distance about six yards or greater that is not an ideal formula and a lot of those penalties penalties whether it be an illegal formation a holding call as you mentioned or you know just a block in the back just certain things like that frustrating and you know look play calling in my opinion didn't help out and we'll get to that coming up here in just a little bit but let's talk about some of the injuries obviously there Patrick Sertan was ruled out late in that fourth quarter with a chest injury I'm hoping it's just something along the lines of okay the outcome's already determined there's no need of putting him out there let's just hold him out so we have yet to hear from Vic Fangio as to what that may be we're going to find out on Monday obviously at his press conference but no time to dwell look missed opportunities and there's other things I'm going to get into, but we don't, I feel like we don't have enough time to get into everything, but we'll, we'll try our best. But the thing that stood out to me, the Broncos, they give up big plays in this game. That was a difference maker defensively. A couple of big plays made the difference, and the offense struggled. That was really the summary of the game here for the Denver Broncos, and there's some other things they have to, obviously have to address too. But for Denver to have 10 punts on the offensive side of the ball, and a lot of those being three-play, four-play, five-play drives, and not even getting over the threshold consistently enough of 20 yards, I mean, and there were times where the Broncos had a three-player, four-play drive for zero yards or negative yards in this game, sir. That cannot happen against any team. Doesn't matter if you're playing the Jaguars, the Jets, or the Giants, who look the Jets and the Giants, they got to win over two pretty good football teams. So I'm not I'm not waving the white flag here and saying, look, Broncos fans, press the panic button. You should not do that just yet. And I'm gonna tell you why coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show, our post-game report. There's a good friends over there at Get Upside. And with the Get Upside app today, you never have to pay full price at a gas pump ever again. And if you sign up using the free app today in your Google Play Store or App Store, make sure you use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can get an additional $0.25 cents per gallon cash back when you fill up your tank today. On top 
top of that, listeners locked on Broncos are getting 25 cents cash back every time they fill up. So with promo code touchdown, you get an additional 25 cents. That's 50 cents per gallon cash back when you fill up your tank today with the Get Upside app. And if you're an avid driver like me, you travel everywhere, Get Upside is going to come in clutch in the fourth quarter for you because you can make up to 200 or $300 cash back by how often you drive with the Get Upside app today. And it's easy to cash out. You can connect your bank account, PayPal, where you can even get gift cards from Amazon or other brands today. So make sure you sign up today. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back today with the Get Upside app. All right, Sarah, jumping into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, really addressing the game. An abysmal performance by the team overall, and it brought us all the way back to last season. However, I want to spend this segment right here. I really want to focus on what are some concerns that we saw about this team here and every facet of the game here. And I feel like one thing, I feel like on Sunday, I feel like the Broncos were outcoached by John Harbaugh and his staff, and you can only do so much. Look, we, we had a halftime show on Twitter Spaces. The Broncos came out for this game fired up. But guess what? That hot start, that fuse, it sizzled out. And you can't have that. I mean, for the Broncos to force the first three possessions for the Ravens to punt three times and hold them to negative plays, that was huge for the Broncos. They came out fired up, but the offense has to reward them. So the biggest concern I have right here, sir, looking back on this game, have to get the all 22, but the initial concern here is that the offense is still a problem right now for the Broncos. It doesn't matter if Teddy's at quarterback. It doesn't matter if Drew's a quarterback. The offensive line, the protection was an evident issue, but a bigger issue in this game, sir, for me, mm-hmm. the Broncos, they abandoned the rushing game, and they were off to a hot start with Javante Williams. He gave them so much momentum, and then they abandoned it when they didn't need to. To me, that is one of the bigger concerns I have with this loss. I think that's spot on, too. I mean, it's exactly what the issue with this team is. Look, if any team in the NFL forces three straight punts to open a game against Lamar Jackson, I mean, you better be hoping for at least 14-0 to zero at the end of that. I mean, that's... That's just, I mean, and especially the way the Ravens have been giving up points this season. We talked about that before this game as well. The fact that they have been showing that they they'll give up some points. They've been missing plenty of tackles, so it's not like the Denver Broncos came into this game without a great opportunity to really get the offense going. And of course, we know the Baltimore Ravens play an aggressive style of defense, right? So we knew going into this game exactly what was coming. The Broncos knew exactly what was coming. And it's unfortunate. You're right. It does feel like we took a spin back to last season. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Doesn't matter what personnel's out there. And of course, we understand that injuries make a difference in this. You know, it's Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, the two starting guards. That makes a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. Jerry Judy is a third down converting machine he should be at least with the way that he can get open so of course you're missing plenty of guys out there but it is a concern Cody you want to be able to go out and execute especially on your home field especially when the running game is playing well you didn't really convert the Broncos didn't do well off play action in this game which was really surprising that was a that was a huge issue for me so and of course like like you and Vic Fangio noted being behind the sticks on third down was a problem you can't have that kind of stuff you can't have like we talked about in the first segment those little penalties throughout the course of a game that add up that compound effect of negativity it just drained the life out of this team and you could see once teddy went down with his injury you could kind of just see in the second half they just came out it didn't look like there was much tempo they abandoned the run like you said and it just didn't have flow and i think the biggest concern for me In addition to what you said about third down offense converting, Cody, is the fact that the Broncos just do too many things that I think are low percentage on third down. You know, we saw 
Teddy Bridgewater even check into that screen pass to Cortland Sutton. We see a lot of downfield throws, like really long downfield throws on third down. And, and I, to me, the strength of the this wide receiver and tight end group is yards after the catch. And we just don't see Pat Shermer utilizing that as much as I think he should. I think Pat Shermer has to have a you know kind of a wake-up call. And, and you know what? Here, I don't want to be you know on a post-game show. I don't want to harp. And in Broncos country, we never want to sound like we're negative, right? We want to talk about what went wrong. We're going to get to some of the positives here in just a moment and where the Broncos go from here. But I, I think it's worth noting, too, that when you look at this game, Pat Shermer has to help this team out. He has to help whoever's a quarterback. And even though that you have to go into a game without your two starting guards, you have to figure out, okay, what can we do to help offset the pressure there? Well, against a very a blitz-heavy team like the Baltimore Ravens defense, we got to find a way to run the ball. And guess what was working early on? It was the run game. And so I was just, I was disheartened. I, I was kind of frustrated at half of saying, why did they go away from it? And, and really, that was the opportunity because guess what? On third down, you know what Baltimore's doing? They're blitzing everybody. And how many times do the Broncos get sacked on third down? multiple times but I will say this to kind of balance it out the Broncos they punted 10 times the Ravens they punted seven times the defense obviously had their mistakes where they gave up some plays but they also did their job I think in a lot of ways for the most part they helped get the Broncos back in a field position there was a drive where the Broncos even started near midfield and they punted the ball away after a three-play drive like it goes back to some of these things here special teams okay we talk about you have the Deontay Spencer injury Right after that, you have the Teddy Bridgewater injury. And literally the play right after that, you punt the football away and you give up a 43-yard return that leads to them kicking a field goal and getting three points right before halftime. Special teams once again say, here we are, saying, okay, hey, what is it this week? It was a big-time return. And I, I don't know when it's going to be when the Broncos just say, hey, look, we need to do something different because what we're doing on special teams, it's not working. So mm -hmm. I'll leave you there with that. But – I do want to focus on the positives here. Let's get into some of the things that maybe stood out. I think that even though you look at a loss, right, and it's so early on in the season here for this Denver Broncos football team, Sarah, an ass kicking can do one of two things. It can completely demoralize you, or it could be something that gives you a push in the right direction. Let's hope it's in the latter part here for the Denver Broncos, because how many times have we seen some of these teams? The NFL has been so weird this season. You see one team you expect to win, lose, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe they're frauds. And then the next week they come out and they just dominate somebody. So – I feel like it's way too early Broncos country for anybody to say, you know what, the season's over, it's the same old stuff, panic button, none of that yet. It's way too early to be in that, that in that standpoint there. The defense still does some things really, really well. They'll have to adjust and obviously go back and make some adjustments along the way. That's going to be a given. Let's talk about one of the bright spots, Caden Stearns, man. I, I tell you what, welcome to the NFL rookie. A big-time moment, a sack right in the first half, and then a sack in that third quarter really give the Broncos some momentum. Unfortunately, the offense couldn't do anything, but man, I was so blown away by Caden Stearns. I can't wait to watch him on tape this week. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed his game. I mean, and of course, in a game like this, one of the few bright spots, right? So the two sacks plus on one of Lamar Jackson's probably, I would say, better and more like, I mean, uh, the, the Broncos defense kind of had a breakdown on this play. Lamar was rolling out right to the right towards the sideline, and then he chucks the ball, not towards the middle of the field, but man, he hit his receiver in the hands. And then Caden Stearns comes up from behind and he makes a play on the ball and knocks it out. That would have been another huge play given up by the Denver defense were it not for his awareness and his ability to attack the football. And man, we are seeing that in spades the last two weeks. I wish they would have matched him up a little bit more, maybe on Mark Andrews in this game. 
because we know Andrews had a huge game and the Broncos didn't necessarily go man coverage on him like we thought they might with maybe Bryce Callahan or if they would slide Sertan inside or if they wanted to use Stearns. We didn't see a ton of that. Like you said, we'll have to go back to the all 22 and see exactly how they did attack Mark Andrews. But to me, man, Caden Stearns, he's really, really stepped up these last two weeks. He's earned additional snaps. You've mentioned this before, too, Cody. It feels like Caden Stearns' rookie season is shaping up to be quite a bit like Justin Simmons' rookie season back in 2016. So the Broncos are going to be in good hands at the safety position. Love what Stearns is bringing to the table. Love to see Vic Fangio get creative and utilize him on the blitz. And, and to see him get home to see him not just you know run through the line of scrimmage and just affect a play where Lamar Jackson runs for a big gain, he actually comes away with two sacks in this game. So a huge performance from the rookie and a bright future, I think, ahead for him for sure. I agree with you there, Sarah. You know, he was one of the bright spots there. And look, I get it, Broncos country, there are no moral victories in the NFL. However, it's important to highlight on some of the things that you can continue to build on. I think there's a lot of things the Broncos can build on. Yes, there's a lot of things they can fix, but there's a lot of things that they've done well so far through four weeks of action that they just need to continue to build on and we'll continue to harp on that here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment Sarah and I asked the question where do the Broncos go from here ahead of their week five matchup on the road against Pittsburgh Steelers we're going to break that down coming up here in just a moment but before we do that let me tell you about the two other sponsors of tonight's episode Lockdown Broncos it's a good friends over there DirecTV Stream and Built Bar with DirecTV Stream you no longer have to utilize all these different logins all these different accounts from your friends your mother-in-law your girlfriend you can get everything that you need from your sports, live television, and all your on-demand action in one place, and that is with Direct TV Stream. And it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling the remotes, no more trying to find out the password in your phone, on your notes, or going back through text messages saying, hey, what was the password to this? You don't have to do that anymore because Direct TV Stream has you covered. You can cut the cord today, and you can learn more at directtv.com to check it out. That's directtv.com, compatible device is required and content varies by package and our good friends over there at built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market here today nine amazing flavors including the occasional limited time flavor be sure to check out built.com to see which flavors what limited time flavors are available you can get a box of 18 bars that have mixed flavors to figure out if you can find your favorite in that box or if you already have a favorite like me and peanut butter brownie make sure you get yourself a box of 18 of that and you can go to built.com to get access to that today not to mention built bars are the healthiest protein bar that are out there on the market 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. That is the best bang for your buck. And you can get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to Built.com. And when you go to checkout, use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. All right, Sarah, jump into the fourth quarter action of today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. You're going to get Broncos news and coverage from Sarah, myself, not to mention game recaps. And in a world where there's a lot of hot takes and who can say the most controversial thing about the team this week? We're always going to keep it real. We're always going to look at it from an objective standpoint for you, the fans, because you deserve that. There's too much noise out there for you to be dissuaded anywhere. So thank you for, so much for making Lockdown Broncos your home for all your Broncos news, content, and coverage. But Sarah, my friend, there's only one way to go, my friend, and that is up. So what do the Denver Broncos have to do this week, in your opinion, to take the next step? Going on the road, playing a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's off to a little bit of a rough start. Big Ben doesn't look like himself. They're dealing with injuries on the offensive line. They're young there. 
similar to the Denver Broncos. What do the Broncos have to do this week in order to kind of right the ship? Well, I think the offense really has to take take a hard look in the mirror at themselves. I think they have to go back to the drawing board and say, what was working for us in the preseason in the first two weeks of the season when it, it looked like they were a lot more efficient than they are now? And of course, everyone will want to say, well, you played the Giants and the Jaguars. That's what was going well. Of course, we understand that. But at the same time, it did feel even in the Jets game, it didn't feel like the Broncos offense was executing at the level that they were in the previous two games. So I think definitely the offense has to get back to the drawing board, figure out why is it starting so slow? Why is it, why is everything starting off so poorly? We, there's a streak going on right now. I don't know exactly what it's at. I saw it on the TV broadcast, but man, the Broncos are really struggling with their opening drive touchdown uh, these last however many games. It's, not, it's either nine or 19. It's something crazy, something ridiculous that they've started off games without scoring. So come out firing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get an opening drive touchdown. You got to figure out a way to do it. I mean, it's easy for me to say, right, sitting here, I'm not wearing a helmet. I'm just a guy wearing a hat. I said that before. I'm just a guy wearing a hat, but man, go score a touchdown on your opening drive, be aggressive, um, but be smart about it. Get yak, do those types of things, utilize your running game, stick to the things that work for you. And I think that the Broncos have to start hitting some of these shot plays downfield. That's been a, that's been an issue dating back. It doesn't matter who's been throwing the ball. They've been struggling to connect on deep plays downfield, whether it's timing, whether it's accuracy, whether the receivers simply just aren't coming down with the ball, whether it's miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver of the, the receivers running inside, the quarterbacks throwing the ball outside. I don't understand how that kind of stuff is happening. So to me, Cody, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they, we know they've got a really tough defense, you've got to come out firing and you've got to come out aggressive on offense. And what a game that kind of feels like it's circling all the way back now, right? Because last year the Broncos played the Steelers in week two. And right now we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Denver. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in concussion protocol. And the hope is that he can return to practice on Wednesday. He'll likely be limited, but you have to hope that at least by Thursday he can be a full go. If not, you really have to worry about the amount of reps that he's getting or not getting. Yes, you can get mental reps, but you have to get the physical reps. You have to be able to fake the handoffs, stand back in the pocket, deliver a throw. You have to do those things. But for Drew Locke, it also sets up as, okay, this was a game last year where things really got derailed for me. I got a shoulder injury. You know, we were leading a road effort there, and all of a sudden, bam. And then Jeff Driscoll comes in, almost leads the Broncos to a comeback. Mm -hmm. But this is a different Steelers team right now. While the defense is still very strong, the offense isn't what it used to be. They still have some prolific playmakers. I know Chase Claypool was out with an injury. Deontay Johnson's been out with an injury. But you also have to step up. You can't overlook a team, right? And so one thing I'm looking at this week is trying to figure out whether or not Patrick Sertan's going to play. Obviously, that's going to be a big key. But the reason why is because Ben Roethlisberger, we know, he'll test him because he's a rookie. And this was a game against the Ravens where Patrick Sertan, I don't feel like he had his best game. He gave up a couple of catches, and you could tell he was just kind of like, man, you know, this is my my first real rough moment here in the NFL. There was one thing I really loved. Kareem Jackson went up to him during the game after a catch by Sammy Watkins where he got the first down by just a couple of inches. And he's just like, man, Kareem Jackson comes up, lifts him up, and, and talked him up there. You know, this is a, a, a kind of a moment where it reveals to us that, you know, hey, nobody likes losing. Nobody likes getting beat. And so for the Broncos, I want to see, do they come out with a resilient attitude, right? Because all week long, we're going to hear it locally. We're going to hear it nationally. The Broncos are a product of the schedule. They didn't play anybody. And now they played their first real test and they got smacked in the mouth. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. So many missed opportunities. Absolutely. But I feel like there's so many things that you can build off of this early on in the season, Sarah, 
that I don't feel like Broncos fans should panic just yet, right? But it all goes back to what you said. You have to come out and you have to do the things that are working for you, that have worked for you, and that's getting the run game going. The Ravens blitzed a lot in this game, but the Broncos, they caught them with several counter plays. Melvin Gordon looked fresh. Javante Williams looked fresh. And then all of a sudden, you just go away from it. There is no reason in the world, in my opinion, not to mention in a game where you have a 7-0 lead, well, then a 7-7 tie game after the big touchdown completion by Hollywood Brown, but you, you go away from running the ball and you try to pass it. That is where things get a little muddy here. I think this is where the pressure ramps up a little bit on Pat Shermer, my friend. And uh, look, what a better test than the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road and having a chance to go on the season to 4-1, and one, Sarah. Like, for example, I mean, I, a lot of things I've seen on Twitter so far today, Makes it seem like the Broncos are 0-4 so far, mm-hmm. ba- based on some of that. They are 3-1. and They took a loss on Sunday to the Ravens to a good football team, and they have to learn how to bounce back from it. Are the Broncos a good football team? I think that they are, Sarah, and I think that they can be. But they have to prove it. They can't come out next week and lay another egg, or else it's going to help solidify that, and then things can start rolling downfield. It's the snowball effect. But the Broncos, they played bad on Sunday. It happens. How do they learn from it? What better way than another week of football? That's why we watch, Sarah. So... Man, I tell you right. what, rough, rough outcome on Sunday. It's better when there's a victory because our, you know, our morale is much higher. But you know what, Broncos country, we we got to look at it from every angle. The Broncos just simply got out, you know, out coached. They got outplayed, and you know what, it happens in the NFL, and you have to learn to respond from it. So that's the main message I'm going to give away here on this post game report. But Sarah, my friend, so great to see you here once again. Post game report. I know that you made a cap reference there. Our Broncos fans love how many hats you have. But uh, you know, hopefully this week we can get back to wearing the, the winning hat here for the Denver Broncos on yes. the road, Pittsburgh Steelers. We're gonna have you covered all week long here on the show. Don't forget to send in your mailbag questions. Whatever Broncos questions you have, Sarah and I we're gonna answer them on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos. So make sure you send them in. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen today. For your second listen of the day, go check out the Lockdown NFL podcast to check out the wide variety recap of all 32 teams across the NFL on the Lockdown Podcast Network free and available everywhere you get your podcast. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.